left that in lipstick on a beer. No use talking about it. I love like this, just don't come around every day. Somebody just stop calling you angel. Somebody just let look it up and go downtown. Somebody just stop calling me angel. Ain't you excited for school? Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Perfectly Good Podcast, your John Hyatt podcast, where we discuss every Hyatt song from A to Z. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me as always is Sylvan, and we are trying to not skin our knees in kickball. <laughs> so it's always not easy for me no yes i i was not i i to this day i am a 63 year old man and i've never been able to when they're doing the jump ring rope you know i could never like i was always the guy that just i ended up just doing the rope because i could not jump at all (laughs) two people who are sitting around talking about music on a podcast weren't the jocks of their school (laughs) Talking. Good point. Yes. Um, so we are talking angel tonight. Yes. Um not angel eyes. Nope. Uh, angel. Yes. So, and angel eyes will be coming shortly. Yes. Yes. Um, and angel is a phrase John uses often in his writing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, as he has said, he is a good Catholic boy from Indiana. So that angel in imagery does come back quite often. And um, yeah, we can get into a whole bunch of feminism of idealizing women. And, you know, this is one of many songs where um, I think you could almost... Con- imagine the same female character running through John's songs from the seventies all the way up to the 2020s, um, doing different things, but always with a, um, a a little bit of a fragile heart, shall we say, but before we get into all that stuff, let's do just the facts. Shall we Jesse? Let's do. Yes. Okay. This, um, was released on perfectly good guitar, which came out September 7th, 1993. I just forgot which track number it is. Let's see. I think it's five, one, two, three, four, five. Yes. So kind of right in the middle. Um, That album was uh, produced by Matt Wallace. And at the time there was a lot of press talked about how John is having his midlife crisis. This was the album that was supposed to be all about the youthful energy because he was working with the producer that had produced young bands. And it was right after little village, which was, you know, a bunch of older people, not really. And um, as we have learned, none of that is true. Just like, any good public relations, uh, you know, it's only in service to this story that most of the musicians were only like five years younger than John. Um, what is interesting is I did not realize before I started doing the research for this is that the touring band that was uh, out during this time was not on the album. 
I had thought that the backup musicians for this song were Davy Fairher on bass and Michael Urbano on drums. Not the case. Um, John Pierce is the bass player and Brian McLeod is the drummer. So my apologies, gentlemen, for not knowing about your uh, contribution to the John Hyatt discography. This is the last of the A&L, A&M um, albums that was produced in studio. Uh, he did release uh, Hyatt Comes Alive at Budokan to get himself out of that contract that began with Bring the Family. So it's interesting that our last episode, Jesse, was the start of this journey in with the A&M uh, company which many can rightfully say were kind of the most fruitful of John's career, but there were certainly better things ahead. Um, I also wanted to mention that there was this funny little thing called a CD single that came out, um, I believe 1994, the year after the album was released and it was the angel CD single. And there was a total of four songs on that. Of course, angel, a very early version of Little Good Night, which we will hear in Leftover Feelings in 2021, and a pretty different version of I'll Never Get Over You, which we will hear on the Tiki Bars Open in 2001. So um, if you are lucky enough to be able to track that down, it's a little kind of snippet of history and an interesting uh, look at how John... Um, keeps these songs kind of spinning around until he's ready to let them out for a wider audience. So those are some facts about Angel. Do you want to share your thoughts or get into yes. some lyric um, analysis? So I remember really loving Perfectly Good Guitar, the CD, um, the song itself that we will get to was always a favorite of as i talked about last time chris jackson watching jamie lee curtis um take uh take off part of her clothes um he loved perfectly good guitar the actual single and we'll talk more about that when we get to that but he that was one of the songs that play it again dad play it again dad um this is a I loved the energy of these uh, songs, the album. Mm-hmm. I, when we saw him live, I was not as much fan of the band performing live. It was just a little too crazy for me, but that's also the very bad experience where we went to a club that had no seating. That was the first time as an old man um, and I was not as old as I am now, but we went and we made the joke. We didn't ask, did a chair come with this ticket? Like we just, you know, uh, but uh, I love this song. I love the sense of joy, the sense of playfulness, the, it is a, you know, it's a catchy tune, man. It just, you, you, you bob your head with it. And and some fun lyrics. How about you, this song? I'm blown away that that's how you described it, Jesse, because you're absolutely right musically. But yeah. the lyrics are not particularly fun or yeah. um, lighthearted. And in fact, as I said, he, he has many songs where he talks about the female experience. And myself hearing this for the first time as 
a 15 year old girl, it, it went right to my heart and it was about no one is going to understand me. You know, you wrote it in lipstick on a mirror and, uh, you know, you just gotta let love get up and go downtown and all of these like images. I feel it's about being very misunderstood or trying to be put into a box. Somebody just stopped calling you angel. And, you know, it could be about, you know, no longer being the sweet submissive self and um, having the repercussions fall for that. But you're absolutely right that like the, it's a dancey tune, you know, you want to like tap your feet. And I suppose you could be celebrating the somebody just stopped calling you angel, but I have never heard it that way. So you just gave me something to reapproach the song. So, yeah, same thing. I'm going to have to listen to it because you I, I almost think this right, that it's um, you're kind of you're kind of put in a box as angel, as fragile, mm -hmm. as this something that should be uh, worshipped. And this is instead you're actually we're we're calling you where you're a it's a real relationship with with all the flaws and all the pain and all the reality of i i don't know if you've um ever watched marvelous mrs mazel but you know for a longer time right the the main character would get up in the morning and put on makeup so that when yes. her husband would wake up, he would not see her and I lay back down on the pillow while perfectly yeah. quiffed. Yes. yes. And yeah. and so in my mind, this is part of that, that, okay, I, you're, we are going to see you with your mascara running down, mm -hmm. but that's mm -hmm. okay because you, that image of you, I don't need to call you angel. I, 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 I need someone real. I don't mm -hmm. need someone that is a persona. So mm -hmm. I now want to go back and listen to this from your perspective, uh, because once again, we both could be right and we both sure. could be wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, for that matter, I, I was always kind of thinking of this as it's like, it's a torch song. It's a breakup song written for a younger, inexperienced woman from an older man which is interesting to say the least and you know you could peel back those layers quite a bit but you could also just kind of uh, think of it as you know who this narrator is and um you know what he's seeing in this girl that he's talking to you know mm -hmm. is he trying to speak for her give her words or is he trying to show her a different side that might not be in her own head so yeah yeah uh, yeah i know because let's let's go through some lyrics right it's a mm -hmm. hurting thing you don't want to talk about it pain in your heart well it's taking your breath away you left it in lipstick on the mirror no use talking about it love like this just don't come along every day somebody just stop calling you angel all right so it does seem like someone has broke up with her right Sure. is in is this it could be her choice it could be not her choice what what are you thinking after this first uh the first stanza 
the first stanza I read as, um, you know, a pretty classic breakup scenario. Yeah. But in true John fashion, he's not going to let it just lay in the obvious because if we jump ahead to the next verse, sure. They called you took you in high school. You didn't mind it too much. Kind of nice to have a nickname kind of like they thought about it. You wish that it stuck with you. Didn't have to trade it in on some crazy lover's pet name wind up hurting so much. So that's, it's not something good has gone away. It's something was not functioning and you lost your ability to, have your own identity to be known by people as something that is your own to have a nickname um you, i i kind of find that concept interesting too it's it's such a fun idea to play with is like i have an unusual first name sylvan so no one ever called me anything but sylvan you know i i was never um i don't know is jesse short for anything or is it just jesse no it's um it's uh jesse and uh, a few people called me JW because okay. um, in when I was a freshman in high school, um, you know, back in the days where you had your PE clothes, there was a spot for you to write your name. And my mom wrote because she didn't have room for Jesse Jackson. She put JW Jackson. And so people called me JW, though. In the spirit of we usually share way too much about ourselves, um, I my father called me Hotshot growing up. That was the nickname he gave for me. When I was a a Rick with a D as a teenager, I hate the name Hotshot. Never call me that again. And he stopped. Yeah. And when I gained my senses and said, you know, dad, I was just a jerk. You should call me hotshot again. Yeah. I never did. But the moment the spell was broken. Yeah. Yes. And, and you, you now go right. Like God, God, what a, what a jerk you were young yeah. Jesse. Uh, I'm going to give you grace because you were, you're a teenager and you do that. Right. But that, and they're all know, jerks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, and I think of this almost where a scene in a romantic comedy where, um, you know, it's Rebecca. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be called Becca or, you know, mm -hmm. this this lashing out at this, you know, that isn't or you haven't earned the right to call me Tukey right. or whatever it right. is. So, yeah, I thought that was a really powerful stanza, stanza for that, you know, like a crazy lover's pet name wind up hurting so much that they were calling you something. And now then hearing it again brings back all the bad memories of what that meant. Right. And, you know, when a lover has a pet name, it's kind of a um, a sense of ownership. Yes. Um. Whereas, you know, your friend's nickname for yourself is like a status symbol almost, right. or like, you know, they thought yeah. about it, yeah. you know, they didn't just like, oh, it's that girl again. Oh, it's ain't, you know, Tookie. Hey, yeah. you know, we're all having fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, if you'll notice, um, 
Chris Jackson goes by CJ a lot, but for some reason, when he was a young kid, we started saying, well, Chris Jackson. <laughs> and, and so we still do that. We, we, we went usually almost anytime I'm talking about him, I will say Chris Jackson. Yeah. And he calls his mom LJ. Oh. Um, he calls me dad or pop, but he calls um, my, his mom, my wife, LJ and she's not a stepmom she's his mom um and we often joke that um when he has kids they're going to say why do we call grandma lj yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. but that's the nickname he has for her, and he he calls her lj so she yeah probably is quite you know oh yeah that's it's, yeah yeah that's that you know if he called her mom she'd like what what's going on yeah and there's literally billions of moms and there's only one LJ. Mom who's LJ. That's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Because there's also a lot more lyrics to the song here. Okay, good. Um, he peeled the skin off of the world and you stopped breathing. You drew a breath. He sighed. The air was freezing. Two blood red hearts pumping hard out in the open. You skinned your knee at kickball 20 years ago against all hoping. There is a lot going on in that stanza. Um so many different images playing and you know we're not quite sure what it is that's going on um but it, the idea that like he opened up a way of thinking for her i think is the he peeled the skin off of the world and you stopped breathing yeah. and yeah and but he isn't he unwrapped the world or right he drew the curtain back on a world there's a violence a to it. There is a violence to it. There is mm -hmm. a, this, yes, violence is the perfect world word. And you stop breathing. Yes. Now, is that intentional out of fear? Yeah. Is that breathing because, you know, the romantic, you take my breath away. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, I, they opened up the world to me and it, literally took my breath away with the options mm -hmm. and the different things I could do. Mm. And you drew a breath. He sighed and the air was freezing. Now, yeah. um, Linda and Chris will tell you there's nothing worse than the Jesse sigh. <laughs> and they will go oh that's not good that's not good jesse, <laughs> jesse sigh um you drew a breath he sighed and all of a sudden the air is freezing now is that because there's a chill in the air because okay. could you are are you now frozen in fear mm -hmm. um you know we we do talk about angel wings out in the snow so there is that feeling of winter but mm -hmm. it it is a he peeled the skin off the world and you stopped breathing you drew a breath he sighed the air was freezing two blood red hearts pumping hard out in the open you skinned your knee at kickball 20 years ago against all hoping yeah how random is that it is just it is the skin of your knee is just what these mean and what do you mean 20 year girls all hoping were were you a tomboy you know were you and then you tried to 
did he make you into something you're else? You know, I, I don't well, know. I am going to post a wild theory that okay. I will probably never be able to prove or disprove. But we are um, all about wild theories here. <laughs> there is a um, lyric in the song, My Baby, about um, fringe jacket velcroed to a buck's or fringe velcro to a buckskin jacket which when you hear it it's like what the heck is that coming from and um i have a live recording of an earlier reiteration of that song where he talks about a woman and i i think it's nancy hyatt but i'm not sure okay um her parents didn't like the way the fringe looked on this jacket they thought it was too sexual or whatever they forbid her to wear this jacket so she modified it by putting velcro on the fringe and would hide the velcro in her purse and when she'd leave the house there wouldn't be any fringe on her jacket then she'd say bye and as soon as parents were out of sight she'd velcro it back on and have the cool look that she was looking for so there could be something like that that there's yeah. some kickball story in um anyone of uh you know, his sister, his mother, his wife. Um, and now I really, really want to know because yeah. I hadn't really <laughs> paid that much attention to it. Honestly, it's one of those that could kind of zip yeah. by. It's like, well, I missed that metaphor. Because what were they hoping 20 years ago against all hoping? Mm -hmm. You know, it. Yeah, I'm not sure. And the fact that he mentions 20 years ago is kind of interesting. Absolutely. Because um, it, it speaks against the idea that this is a fairly young woman who's having her heart broken for the first time. Mm -hmm. But if you're playing kickball 20 years ago, you're probably at least in your late twenties. Right. Thirties maybe. Yeah. And, and is this a journey song? Has mm -hmm. angel been through different relationships and mm -hmm. these are the different themes and the different times that she's gone. You That's know, a really it, way interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the food metaphor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Y'all put that hammer down, drove through love's angel food cake, tasting every spongy layer and licking frosting off the moon, wild eyed with excitement, but childishly disappointed, maybe even tasted better when mama lets you lick the spoon. So with childly disappointed mm -hmm. almost to me doesn't fit because the rest of it is right. Like you're tasting love. You're getting to taste the frosting, um, you know? Oh, see that to me is the best part. And that's what makes yeah. all that work. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. So remember when you were a kid and it, it, we're recording this in early December and Christmas is coming. And when you're right. a kid, you're thinking about Christmas and it's gonna be amazing and it's gonna yes. be the best day ever. And then Christmas comes and it's over in about 15 minutes and you're like, wait a second, what? Yeah, you know, exactly. Like that, that childish disappointment. Um, but at the same time, you like, you're still taking it in. You're wild eyed with excitement, but childishly disappointed. And I think that is a great metaphor for, falling in love with the first time that it's sweet and it's amazing but it's like but i've been you know watching disney cartoons about princesses falling in love and you know romantic comedies or whatever and 
it was supposed to be amazing times a thousand. And this is only amazing times, you know, maybe one and a half. What's up with that? And I, I think the food metaphor works because I love food and I, you know, all that sweetness and the, you know, um, the licking frosting off the moon is basically kind of, I think also peeling away the moon imagery as this romantic thing that bringing it back down into something base that you would actually, you know, use as a spoon. Um, Well, and so my Linda um, went to Louisiana to spend a week um, helping to take care of my mom. Uh, my sister went on vacation. So my uh, lovely bride went down to Louisiana and was helping out. Um, and um, I was trying to think of something I could do for her. And so um, I, I didn't go crazy, but I, I went and bought a yellow cake mix and I got a can of frosting and Uh-oh. and I made the cake that, you know, by the way, partly true to my mom. My mom would always say, if you really want your cake mix to be good, always throw an extra egg in there. If they tell you you need three eggs, put in four. And instead of instead of oil, use a stick of butter. And Whoa. It would be, yeah, yeah. So so I did. I made a quote unquote homemade cake, you know, and gave a homemade icing and I'm using our mixer to make the cake mix and you you the frost you know the batter is dripping off the uh beaters yeah beaters and I'm like I feel like I should be asking someone do you want to lick the beaters right so seeing that lick the spoon and that's exactly as you're talking about Christmas and the excitement of it 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 is you you spend all this time going over and then it's it's done it's over and it's almost anticlimactic and then Absolutely. you got to take all the decorations down and as you know in many ways one of the saddest things ever is you know on December 28th 29th that real christmas tree out on the alley for the, for the garbage bin to pick up and it's just still got a few pieces of tinsel and it's like oh um <laughs> Yeah, yes. so I I love that. Now that you put it that way, that's exactly you're wild eyed with excitement. But is is this real love? To quote another thing, right? That um, the just like your dad did, right? That's a happy. That's there is all kinds of problems, and you're worried about your job, but you you. You love your wife and kids just like your dad did, right? You, you have that. That's a mature love. That's yes, a mature that's love. That's the corn beef chip on or corn yeah. chip beef on toast, or yes, um, yeah, yeah. And you know, like when you're a kid, the fantasy is like, oh, if I got to be the adult, I would eat cake for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I wouldn't ever have a stick of broccoli. Yeah. And then when you're older, you realize like, you know, broccoli ain't that bad. And right. Exactly. I feel a yeah. lot better when I've had some broccoli. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, um, I, I, I now, like I said, I want to, I want to listen to this again, thinking of that. Um, 
I just think this is a really strong song. I think he is really, um, this is not as, I don't think there is a, from my perspective, a strong, as strong a message as some of his other songs, like where you specifically, I'm telling a story. I think this is in a lot of ways, um, a, um, what uh, there's paintings that are actual still art. And then there's, you know, paintings where you build your impressionistic. Yeah. Impressionistic. I think this might be a little impressionistic where you can go a lot, but it's just one I, I really enjoy. It's really fun to listen to. And as I said, as a teenage girl, it really kind of stuck with me. It is interesting that, you know, where he's talking about 20 years against 20 years ago against all hoping I have been out of uh, college now for 20 years. And I wonder how I would react to this song if I heard it for the first time today in my forties rather than at 15. Um, But you're absolutely right. It's a, a strong song. And um, I love how John talks about his fascination with women navigating the world and, you know, being uh, the youngest boy in a family full of older sisters and the impact that made. I, I think it comes up again and again. Um, you know, I would almost put this song right next to Good As She Can Be, which is on um I believe I'm remembering correctly. It's on walk on as a, yeah. a continuation. Um, but here it doesn't have to be that person who's looking back and regretting things. It could be, um, you know, someone who's kind of like claiming their ability to be more than an angel, you know, to be a full human, but you know, angel wings out in the snow and mascara running down there's a loss to that there's a loss to the i'm putting away the sugary innocence of all of those metaphors and claiming um myself and you know uh yeah letting love walk away letting love get up and go downtown so it's a really interesting song so I'll throw in another half-baked idea mm-hmm. is is that last verse saying that you're wild out of the excitement, childishly disappointed, but maybe it ended up tasting better than mama let you lick your spoon. Maybe this is a journey of different relationships and they have reached the one where it's not I'll love you forever, happy ever after, but in its own way, it tastes even better than when mom let you and that they do have, she has found a good place. They, the singer and them have found a good place where they have and a realistic adult relationship. Yeah. I really like that interpretation. And I think I, I wish there were covers that played with that a little bit more because yeah. I think maybe, you know, it's so fun and it's so rocking. Like you said, it, it feels so happy. I think maybe if you did kind of play with the, um, what note you played it in and maybe did something a little different, you could have a different sound. And I was just kind of thinking that like the angel wings out in the snow on mascara running down to me, that is like this tragic figure of a, f- 
fallen angel and crying is what first came to me, but it could be, um, I have tossed away the angel wings that didn't belong to me and mascara running down is I'm washing it away. I'm taking away the fake stuff and the, you know, too good to be true, uh, sites. And I am gonna stand up for myself, uh, get up and go downtown, not, um, being abandoned by love, getting up and going downtown away from you. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's different. Okay. I love it. I love it. All right. So uh, it's your turn to uh, any other thoughts before we give our ratings? Um, no, but I do miss the uh, CD singles. Yes. <laughs> yes. Those thought. were fun. I agree. Uh, yes. Yeah. So it's now time for the scale of one, a very good song because it was written by John Hyatt to five. It's so good that it defines how good a John Hyatt song could be and where in that ranking does angel fall for me. Um, I'm going to say it's a three. Um, It's great. It's fun. I would totally put it on for someone who hasn't heard John before, but it's not the first song. It's like, Oh, you like faith no more. Oh, I, I have a song that was produced by the same guy who did Fifth Demore. I'll choose this one. And, you know, you had to work a little harder at it. You know, it's fun to listen to no matter what. But, like, I do like a song that you get it on the first listen and you get it more and more as you listen to it. Yeah. So three for me. So I'm going to be a little bit higher, a 3.5, I think, <laughs> just because um, it is – it is such a impressionistic song. It has a lot of different meanings and it is just a wonderful medley and a beautiful, um, the instrumentation is fun. Um, I like the kind of contrast of the fun music with possibly more serious lyrics so a little bit higher than you 3.5 but still certainly a good stuff yes absolutely yeah it's all about where the scale starts and ends so a three is not an average song no beyond the world of john hyatt it's a fantastic song absolutely yes all right so let us know what you think Perfectly good podcast at gmail.com is our email address. Uh, we have a Facebook page, Perfectly Good Podcast. We hang out at John Hyatt Fans, where the people have been very kind to us and supportive of the podcast. Shout Thank out to you, you guys. We appreciate you. Um, go to iTunes, rate and review us. We would love some reviews. Uh, continue to tell a friend about this, please. Uh, we're trying to grow our little podcast and we want as many people on the journey with this as possible. Sylvan, any, where can they find you on social media? You can find me at Sylvan Groth on Facebook and uh, Sylvan Green Eyes on Twitter. If Twitter still exists. Yes. For now, I am at Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. Uh, Please reach out. Let us know. And um, another one down the books. Way to go. And I bet you did not think we would have this much to discuss about this song, did you? surprised but you know it's john we're talking about so there's always something something. all right always peeling those layers (laughs) yes we are all right thank you listeners so much 
for being there with us. Uh, Please be safe, be kind, and have a little faith. Have a little faith, everyone. Bye-bye. Baby, we can come on home. Put the cow horns back on the Cadillac and change the message on the quarter It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.